Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Chuck Lawless. I'm Caleb Iverson. And we welcome you to another episode of Pastor Matters. Well, there's another voice I want you to hear today on our podcast, and so introduce yourself, my brother. I am Zach Mincer, and I produce these podcasts and help at the Pastor Center. That's right. That's right. You've been working with us how long now? Since December. Okay, not long. Well, we appreciate your work. And listeners, here's what I want to do today. I want you to hear from these brothers, uh, young young brothers uh, preparing for ministry. Zach, having done some ministry as an assistant pastor, as I, as I recall. Uh, but I want you to hear their stories and beyond that, particularly pastors who are listening, I want you to hear from some young guys who who bring, I think, both concerns and excitement into, into the, the possibility, the future of doing ministry. And these guys are, are living a different generation than I live. And so I want, to, I want you to hear, I want to hear from them some of the things that they, they think about uh, as we equip them and as you pastors raise up young people in, in your church. And so let's start with just, uh, just your testimony a little bit. Um, Caleb, start, tell, us, tell us how you became a believer. Yeah, so a little bit of my background. Um, my parents actually divorced when I was pretty young. I was about three or four. So I had um, you know, some memories, I think, but not, not really like um, solid memories of you know, my mom and my dad being together. Um, so when that happened, we, we moved back to Asheville where I grew up, um, was basically spent my whole life there until moved for college and seminary. Um, but how I came to know Christ when, when I was younger, I grew up with an awareness of God. Um, my mom had grown up in the church and so, you know, she raised me with just good Christian morals. Um, but looking back, I, I didn't know God in a personal way. Um, I just was trying to be a good kid in that sense. And honestly, I look back on those times, and I was angry with God. I was bitter with Him. Mm. I look back on times where there were hard things in my life as I was wrestling through things as a young kid, and even just you know thinking through um, growing up with divorced parents and wrestling through all of that. Um, I really blamed God for a lot of those things. Um, even even as a as a young kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. as a young kid, and so for me really what drew me to Christ, uh, we had a family friend that started inviting us to church. I started going there. Um, this was around probably fifth, sixth grade, early middle school. And um, I went to a, a winter D-NOW with our youth group. Mm. And there just heard the gospel, understood the gospel clearly, really understood that I was a sinner. But what really drew me to Christ, um, I just understood at that moment that God was a good and perfect heavenly father. Mm that there wasn't anything I could do to earn his love. Uh, looking back, I, I love sports. I tried to find affirmation and approval in a lot of sports that I played. Um, but I just was convicted at that moment that God demonstrated his love for me, that he sent his son to die for me while I was a sinner. There wasn't anything I could do to make him love me more, or make him love me less. And so gave my life to Christ and really just started cutting out some bad influences in my life um, and started making some friends in the church. And Really, that, that's what my walk with Christ looked like in middle school, and then it really took off when I had a student pastor start discipling me and really take me under his wing. So, so it was an imitation from a family friend, mm-hmm. 
just to just to come to church. Yeah, so it started with just, hey, we started going to this church. Uh, we really like it. Um, would you guys want to come with us? And so we just started attending, and then I uh, started making some friends in the church, and so I started going to youth group with them as well, and then I went on that retreat, and that's how the Lord drew me to himself. You so. heard the gospel there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was later a student pastor that really invested in you? Yeah, so in middle school, we at the church that I grew up at, there was um, I had a couple different student pastors, and so when this student pastor came, um, well, he, when he became the pastor, uh, I was about sophomore year in high school, and so I guess he, he saw potential in me, um, started discipling me, gave me opportunities to lead, um, and just really showed me ministry and just invited me into his life. He would, like, I think we talked about earlier on the podcast, like, he would go to Target and say, hey, mm. you know, you want to come with me? I would go over to his house, and we would just play video games, um, just things like that that we just connected. We would play sports together, play basketball a lot, and just through doing life together, going on mission trips together, um, that's really how the Lord started grabbing my heart towards towards ministry as well. I'm I'm caught by, Caleb, the fact that it was it was just an invitation to church. Because we've we've done research. I've done research with Tom Rayner for for decades now. Tom did some some research years ago uh, with unchurched folks, and and what he learned is that the a, a strong majority of people are open to going to church at the invitation of a friend, and that sometimes our our first step toward getting people to even hear the gospel is to start with just an invitation, mm-hmm. and and so many believers don't even do that. Uh, if if we would just take that step, which is not threatening, really, we're not even asking at that point somebody to be ready to share the gospel, though I would hope that they would be equipped to do so and willing to do so. But all of us can invite somebody to, to church, and somewhere somebody will be willing to, to do that. And so you're a story, you're an example of an invitation led to a hearing of the gospel, which led to your conversion. And if I could just praise God for a moment, just to speak on what that invitation has led to now. Yeah, please um, do. Very much, you know, nobody in my family has done anything related to ministry, so that was new for me. Um, but my mom remarried, and so um, her and my stepdad are now living in a different location because they started getting involved in the church. Um, my stepdad was baptized there, right? And then now they felt the call of God on their lives to pick up their lives and move and be part of a church plant. And wow. so I just watched the gospel take root, um, the gospel transform just our family as we were learning what it all means to, to follow and walk with Christ. And now, yeah, they're, they're not, my stepdad's not on staff or anything in the church. They're just faithfully serving as members there, leading a small group in their home, but sold their home and just picked up their lives to, to move and be a part of the mission of God. So, so is, it, is it accurate to say that, that the, the, the faith of your family— your mom, your your stepdad, mm-hmm. uh, really began with your faith or not? No, I mean, I, my mom grew up in church. Okay, so like gotcha. I said, I had that Christian background, okay. um, but for okay. me, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't personal. Okay. But when okay. we started going to church from that invitation, that's when our lives really changed. Gotcha. Okay. Zach, talk to us. I um, was raised by believing parents. My dad's been a pastor my whole life, so he's served in ministry for over 30 years, and um, he's done a lot of different things, plant churches, um, pastored large churches, small churches, 
and um, also we spend some time on the mission field as well. So maybe I'm I'm a ministry kid and mm-hmm. not just a mm-hmm. preacher's kid or a missionary kid. I've kind of been around the block in that, but when I was younger, I was seeing a lot of people getting baptized. I was like five years old, and I told my parents, hey, I want to get baptized because I'm seeing how happy everybody is. It felt like something I should do, but I didn't really understand what what that meant. And so, you know, my dad would have conversations with me, and my eyes would kind of glaze over, and okay, you know, mm. I wasn't ready mm-hmm. yet. And when I was seven years old, I remember being at church, and of course, my parents shared the gospel with me over and over again, and I was around it all of the time. And I remember one uh, Sunday um, just really understanding what the gospel was, even at, even at seven. And I went up to my dad again. I said, hey, I want to get baptized. And he said, well, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get home. You know, it was right after church. Mm-hmm. Pastors, you know, it's just kind of <laughs> chaos. And, you know, and I said, I want to get baptized. And he said, well, let's talk about it later. And I'm like, well, I don't know what we need to talk about. I, I've trusted in Jesus as my Savior. Mm-hmm. He's forgiven me of my sins, and I'm going to follow him for the rest of my life. So I don't know what we need to talk about. <laughs> and he kind of laughed and, you know, called me a smart aleck. And <laughs> we, uh, um, and he baptized me in, a, in the winter. There was no um, hot water mm. and a metal trough. <laughs> <laughs> and um it and I I could I dad told me to sit down in the in the trough oh, and I goodness. told him no and and he um he's like you have to sit down for me to baptize But he was you. not in the trough. No, he wasn't. He was on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's one was, thing to put you in the cold water. Right. It's another thing not <laughs> yeah. to get in there yeah, with that's you. That's right. Go yeah. on. Yeah. So just I, and I started sharing with my friends at school um and inviting them to church and that kind of marked my life and going into, um, you know, dad moved around to different churches and really as a family, when I was 11 or 12, God was calling all of us to the mission field. Mm. And my parents involved me in that process. They sat me down early on in the IMB process and said, hey, we are considering going overseas. We'd been on a couple short-term trips together to Nicaragua. As a a family? Yeah. Okay. Um, When I was uh, 10 and 11 years old. Okay. And my little brother, who's five years younger than me, went with us too. And um, they really involved us um, in the call to go. And so I I wrestled with that in my prayers with the Lord. And I went back to him several weeks later and said, "I, I really feel like this is what God's calling us to do as a family. And then I was interviewed separately with the board because I was a teenager and I was I was one of the last mm. groups of teenagers that was allowed to go, but it really impacted my life. We moved to Malawi, Africa when I was um, in eighth grade, about to be a freshman in high school. Big culture shock moment, but I knew that's what God was calling us to do. Unfortunately, due to some illness, my mom had to come back and wasn't allowed to, to live internationally anymore. Okay. And so before we, just before we finished our first term, we had to come back to the States and resign where my dad began pastoring again. And I really wrestled with, again, just kind of a a darker time in my walk with the Lord, just angry with the Lord that my mom got sick and just frustrated that we sold everything and we've been obedient. And, you know, this was, Hmm. was the result. We felt like we had unfinished business in Malawi. You were a teenager? Yeah, I was 17. Okay, yeah, all right. 17 and 18, freshman year of college. 
I'd kind of felt like maybe the Lord was calling me into ministry and I just wasn't I wasn't walking with him. I was frustrated with him. And the Lord just in my freshman year, I just came to the end of myself and I said, Lord, I, I realized that I shouldn't be angry with you we, just because, you know, we were faithful and just because terrible things happen, that doesn't mean that you're not faithful to us anymore mm. and really just wrestle with that and ask, Lord, well, what do you want me to do? And I almost laughed when that came out of my mouth and I was like, you want me to go into ministry? And so I transferred to Boyce College and graduated in 2017, thought I'd go to the mission field right away, but God wanted me to be uh, in student ministry and be an associate pastor first. And uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of my my spiritual journey, and I end up here, and my wife and I, we feel called to the mission field. That's uh, great. That's great. On, so. let, let me, let me ch- chase that in one direction yeah. for just a minute for our listeners. I want to come back to some questions. Uh, Pastors listening, I, I want you to hear again what Zach said about the family taking mission trips. Now, you can't do that in every every part of the world. you got to be uh, wise in how you do that. But I think there's a real place for uh, families going together to the mission field. It complicates things. It's logistically more difficult. But when we can help the next generation not just learn about missions but do missions at some level— it can be it can be life changing. Let me go back to your your story, Zach. Uh, a couple questions. When you were when you were bitter and angry at God for your mom getting sick, at least I, those mm-hmm. those I think I heard you properly. Did you know at the time that that's what you were feeling? Yeah. Um, okay. I I mean I was seventeen, eighteen years old, and you know I'd seen God's faithfulness and calling us to the mission field, and while we were while we were there. I think it was one night after we got back from youth camp, uh, my parents sat me down and said, hey, um, scans came back for mom, and we mm. don't think she's going to make it to Christmas. And, wow. You know, uh, we had, and I just, I wrote down, thankfully, some of the scans weren't what they thought that they were, okay. and she's, you know, she's fine today, still wrestles with some health issues, but, you know, there was just, as her, some of her health deteriorated and as more questions went unanswered for years I just became bitter and angry and frustrated okay um okay. just um just asking Lord why do we sell sell out for you and just for our time to be cut off short in Malawi and just things not working out the way that I guess I had thought yeah yeah and so, so that was a lack of maturity on my part, and lack of understanding in some of that. But it's an honest question Yeah, that, that we wrestle with. I think, Caleb, I heard you say it was sometime later before you recognized that you were, you were angry at God for... Yeah, I think um, I remember moments um, growing up where I would, honestly, looking back, just God was so patient and kind to me. I think we can all say that as we look at our lives. Sure. Um, but I remember... There was one moment I was standing in our driveway. We kind of lived up back in the woods a little bit. And um, and I just remember like saying out loud to the Lord, like, you know, you're the reason that this is really hard. Hmm. As probably a late elementary school kid and um, just seeing God's faithfulness in that, that the thing that he used to draw me to himself was his goodness. And so just seeing his His grace there. Um, so for me, as I've, as I've grown and walked with Christ more, I look back and see more of God's faithfulness in that and his patience with me and see a little bit more and understand more now just with perspective on things. Good, good. I gotcha. Thank you. 
Southeastern exists to help people like you serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission in all of life. Are you interested in learning more about what Southeastern has to offer? Join us for Preview Day, where you will meet professors and current students, tour our beautiful campus, and experience what it could look like for you to prepare for ministry in our Great Commission community. To learn more and register, check out sebts.edu slash visit. So, Zach, let me go back, and this will segue into where I want to go with this. You you were raised in a ministry home. Yeah. I, I talk to a lot of young people raised in ministry homes, whether they're MKs or PKs, third culture kids, all the terminology that we use now, who speak of a time when they said, I am not doing this. Uh, that they they had no interest in in ministry. Did you ever did you ever go that direction? One hundred percent. When I was angry with the Lord about my mom, I was also angry with a church and how they were treating my family ah, and my dad. Okay. Um, and it was a smaller country church um, that had a lot of dysfunction. Our family was under attack quite a bit, specifically okay. my dad and my mom what people would say to them. Hmm. And I was like, Lord, if this is what ministry is like, sickness and <laughs> dysfunction, hmm. disunity, if this is what I was like, Lord, I don't I don't want to do that. <laughs> okay. And seeing some of the difficulty in that. Of course, when I was younger, when my dad was in ministry, I was not as aware of issues and struggles and things that were going on and and um, my parents did not tell us everything that was going right. on in the church, right. and and I'm thankful for that. Um, but when you're a teenager, you can't help but you're you're aware of what's going on mm-hmm. and what what people are saying, and so all of that was a struggle. So when I went into college, ministry was on the bottom of the list on what I wanted to do. I wanted to do some engineering and fish on the weekends, and <laughs> and uh, that's. That's what I wanted to do, and I was miserable. Okay. And the Lord used that misery to say, this is not what I've called you to do. So how did he bring you to that to that point? You're sitting here now producing a podcast about mm. ministry, yeah. preparing for the next step of ministry for you. How did he turn—you mentioned the misery. How did he turn you toward, no, this is what I want you to do? Yeah, so I— I mean, I just had a kind of a, I was struggling with some depression and and things like that and just in a really dark place. And I kind of had just kind of a freak out moment of crisis. And I remember calling my dad one day, I skipped class um, and I just said, I need you here. Hmm. They lived about 30 minutes away and he drove up and took me to lunch and we talked through it and just in the midst of that dark place is when I finally relinquish, okay, Lord, I realize that um, I'm not on the right path and what you want me to do. And so I open myself, okay, Lord, I surrendered. I just said, Lord, what what is it that you have? What I'm doing on my own is not working. Mm, okay. <laughs> and so now I, I want to be along with you and what, what you have for me. So your dad shepherded you. Yeah. In, in that direction. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. Caleb, how did you know? How are you still figuring out what the Lord wants for your life? Yeah. So similar to Zach, I thought I wanted to do engineering. 
in high school, I was doing all the engineering classes and everything. Um, I joke and say I didn't really like math, though, so I don't know how that was going to work <laughs> out. But um, really, for me, it was a process. Um, so like I said, with, with my student pastor, I started leading in our student ministry. We had a, a, a Bible study in our, in our high school that I would just lead um, like 15-minute devotions for students. So I started just learning from my pastor and then also practicing and getting to teach God's Word. And I fell in love with teaching. Like I, I love the the teaching and preaching of God's word. I love people being able to to see and understand God's word for themselves and just see that that light bulb come alive when the word works. And so through that process, I also went on a couple mission trips, like I, I mentioned previously. So two international trips. Um, first trip was to the Dominican Republic, and there uh, just shared some of my story, shared the testimony of God's grace in my life, and just began to get an awareness of the need and the lostness of the world. Um, on the second trip, I went to Ecuador, where I mentioned I met my wife, um, got to preach a sermon there as well, as we had just laid basically the concrete for the foundation of this church. Hmm. And we're all sitting there, and I got to, I guess, preach the first sermon, so to speak, in that church for the first time. And then, like I said, came back from that trip and got to preach as well. And so all of that was like, okay, Lord, you're doing something here. There's this fire. There's this excitement. And it really culminated in just uh, one of our student ministry events, a, a night at camp. Um, I didn't know they were doing a call to ministry or anything like that. Like I said, I, I, didn't, I wasn't familiar with a lot of the Christian stuff. I, I didn't grow up like in the church until we got invited. Um, but there, the Lord just broke me. Uh, I just felt an overwhelming desire to surrender my life to Him to, for full-time ministry. At that point, I'd just been wrestling with the call, been wrestling with what do I really want to do with my life, and that was, I guess, the turning point for me to just say, all right, this is this is it. And I just remember I, I ran up to the altar. <laughs> you know, I was just like just sobbing. I was just broken in a similar way when I was converted, just felt the the pull of God on my life. And talk with my student pastor about it and he said, "Yeah, I, you know, I had a feeling that the Lord was leading mm. you this way. I was just waiting for you to come along to it." And so we had a really good conversation about it and that's what I've been pursuing ever since so far. So, the Lord sustained that desire. So, both of you can tell stories of the Lord intervening in your life uh, through a father, through a student minister helping you sense your the direction the Lord would want. Uh, but you you're on the front end of this in a world much different than the world I started pastoring in 43 years ago now. What are your, what are your fears? What, what uh, concerns you about doing ministry in the, in the decades to come? And Caleb, we'll start with you this mm. time. I think there's a couple fears for me when I think about ministry. Um, one for me, I mean, certainly is just the, we call it like the imposter syndrome, right? Mm. You know, like I've spent a lot of, years of my life now preparing, uh, but there's still a moment of you're still a young guy, you're the new guy, you're trying to lead people from all types of walks of life, people that have been walking with the Lord longer than you've been alive. So there's just that fear um, of just the imposter syndrome. Is, is the Lord really calling me to do this? Um, I think the second thing for me, probably my, my biggest fear, um, for me, family is really important. And just with some of the things, like I said, just from my past, I, I really want my family to, to love Jesus. I want us to love one another. And so I'm always fearful of, one, either just identifying so much with ministry that I neglect my family, or kind of like Zach was saying, just 
maybe there's hard situations in ministry to where I just I want my family to still love Christ mm. and love His church, mm. and I'm just want to lead well in that, but I'm just always fearful of that as well. well and the fact that you recognize those things early on is is pretty significant in, in my mind. Uh, it, it shows maturity. It, it shows some wisdom. Uh, you just got to keep making sure you're you're thinking about those things in the in the years to come. Zach, what what uh, concerns you? So Caleb and I kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I have similar fear as far as family and raising children, and I'm thinking on the field as well. I went later in life, and um, it, it had a it had a positive impact. I know many friends of mine who were MKs who went the other direction, um, who were frustrated that their parents took them to the mission field, that mm-hmm. why was I, you know, raised on the mission field that, that never, um, that never got it, I guess, and wasn't walking with the Lord, they weren't trusting in him. And so I have a little bit of those concerns, just raising children and um and my family life on the mission field and so and i guess uh the other fear is um i I noticed this in ministry when i was serving as associate and student pastor one of probably uh the thing that i needed to work on the most was intentional discipleship Mm, and mm -hmm. uh you know i can usually find ways to entry uh, to, to enter into a gospel conversation or to um, to kind of get the ball rolling. But as far as the long haul, that is something I'm still learning and crafting. Even here in some of my classes, I'm thinking about just as a missionary and even just in my time here, am I discipling somebody? Is, that, is there a Timothy in my life, somebody I can kind of help bring along, much like my dad did for me in a lot of ways? Mm-hmm. And another student pastor did for me as well because don't like to get up in front of people and he, he kind of pushed me too to get up in front and to help and so um, I guess just um, learning some of those things to to do that well not just to have a shallow ministry hmm. I, I think about my first years of ministry guys and I'm not sure I was smart enough to even know what to fear hmm. Um, hmm. I probably should have had some more concerns but what I do wish I had done, and you all know this, so I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but what I wish I had done was intentionally reach out to and connect with older pastors, not wait for them to come to me, because I didn't even know at the time that that was even a possibility, but instead my take the initiative to say, I'm, I'm still learning this. Can you help me think through how do I raise my family? How do I, how do I make disciples? God puts other people in our lives to help us do those things. So I encourage you to do that. Well, let me let me take this in one other direction quickly. I don't want us to finish with here are your here are your concerns. What I want to hear is what what excites you about about doing ministry. So, Zach, let's start with you. Yeah. So I've been anticipating going the mission field for a really long time um, mm. since that moment in. 2013 or so when I finally, you know, so I guess it's been over 10 years that I've been wrestling with this call and went to Boyce, graduated with a missions degree. I thought I was going to go right to the field and, and then went into pastoral ministry and, and got married to my wonderful wife, Olivia, and we both want to serve the Lord overseas. And, um, and then in that process, like, 
I need more training and equipping, and that's how I ended up here at Southeastern. And so I've been anticipating getting to where I felt like God's called me for so long. And so I, and you never really arrive. There's always things the Lord wants you to do and where he wants you to go. But, but I am ready to, to get where I feel like God's calling me. And, uh, and, and I'm just, it's, it's been a long time coming. There's going to be, man, that, that moment coming off the plane the first time when Mm. I've got my family Mm. overseas, Mm. like that's going to be, that's going to be quite a special moment. That's cool. Yeah, you know, yesterday I spent some time training outgoing missionaries, and yeah. every time I do this, I, there's always there are always some folks uh, who are ready to go, who are who are in some cases older than I am, and that's that's increasingly getting hard to find as I get, as I get older. Um, but some of those folks will talk about decades of waiting, and the Lord opening the door at. At, in his timing, his season, and the the glee in their eyes is what I just saw in your eyes. Even though our listeners can't can't see that, uh, I want us always to have that zeal for Lord. Even when ministry is tough, I can't believe I get to do this. So so thank you, Caleb. What what excites you? Well, just to pick up on what you said, I think one just the privilege of pastoral ministry. Um, th- what greater calling you know than to get to handle God's Word as weighty as that is each week, to get to, to lead and shepherd God's people, to get to exalt Christ and encourage their faith. Like, that is something that I'm so excited for that I still can't wrap my mind around that that could be your vocation, that you would be entrusted to be, spend time in the Word each week, to, you know, shepherd and to spend time with the flock and lead out uh, from the church. I just, I'm really excited to get to do that. Like, that would be my focus, um, it's been great, you know, serving in the college ministry, getting to do that mm-hmm. in a part-time sense. But kind of like Zach was saying, that moment where it shifts and like, okay, this church has called you to be their pastor, as weighty, as, as hard as that's going to be. But man, the excitement of, okay, like I'm handling God's Word each week. I've been entrusted with this this leadership here to, to help lead out. Um, and this is what I get to do for as long as the Lord has me here. That's just, that's exciting for me. Nothing else I want to do. Pastors, you, you've uh, been privileged to hear from the guys that I get to work with every day. Uh, students all over the place at Southeastern Seminary have this sense of calling to ministry. So I, I freely recognize that I'm in a unique place where I get to do this. But pastors, I want to challenge you. You have, you have young men in your, your church uh, called to pastoral ministry. You have older folks in your church that may have a sense of... of burden for the nations. You, you have our sisters in Christ who, who have their own sense of, of, of callings. Uh, I, th- I think you have an obligation as pastors not to wait for people to come to, to you, but to, but to call out the called. And when you do that, you get the joy of hearing stories like we've heard today. Guys, thank you for not only co-hosting and, and producing uh, this podcast, but for being the, the stars of the podcast, if you will, today. It's always good to, to work with you. Listeners, thank you again for joining us for this episode of Pastor Matters. If you found this conversation helpful, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear any feedback you'd be willing to give. As always, it's our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors. And I hope that we've done that with today's conversation. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.